0: Hello, Texans, and welcome. It's the program that keeps you in touch with your Houston Texans. That would be called Texans All Access, like you heard in the introduction. I'm Mark Vandermeer with you in the Hyundai Texans radio studio with John Harris as we are across the hall from the ever-changing Houston Texans locker room and training room, part of the Sports Performance Center. Are they going to call it the Sports Performance Locker Room? I don't know, but they'll change and rebrand a lot of stuff around here, Johnny. It's going to be interesting. I'm thinking that we're going to have to do a little video tour For the peeps when they get all this stuff reorganized because it's under construction right now.
1: Yeah, we obviously were out of here on Friday afternoon, came back in on Monday morning, and the entrance to the locker room had moved like 15 feet to the left. Yeah. It was like, wait a second. We'd seen the destruction of certain (laughs) concrete walls, but then all of a sudden we're like, wait a second, that's... Like the 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 entrance to the locker room is now fifteen feet to the left. So taking a little bit away from the locker room, adding a little bit more to the training room and there's more more going on. I'm trying to think, Mark, what what hasn't been messed with? Well, yeah, at some point. I mean I, I think about when I when I got into the I got in the building in twenty fourteen, got full time in twenty fifteen. When I just think about this building in general oh, from yeah. twenty fifteen, every summer there's been Uh, Up on uh, the 100 level, the construction that they've had, changing the various concessionary booths, concession booths, and all the different things that they've been doing. And now all this that's been going on the service level since when – I mean, it first started with the Sports Performance Center, the weight room. And in there, and then the cafeteria is under construction. The locker room and training rooms are under construction. a lot going on. And, again, I said this the other night too – It's all with the thought that you're giving your organization from Bob McNair on down, you're giving the organization the best chance to go and win a championship, and that's what it's all about. Yeah, they want to – well, the the training room needed to be bigger. Yeah, you know,
0: And uh, obviously last year with 78 players on a 53-man roster, you need a lot more room. But it's not just because of that. They just want it to be bigger, roomier. The training techniques change over time. When this place was constructed, it was state-of-the-art, and they want to keep it state-of-the-art so they continue to do things like this. The other thing I notice is this. When you have enough people working on a construction project, it gets done fast. Oh, yeah. I mean, they are flying (laughs) through this thing and knocking down cinder block walls. This is not Uh like drywall. Cinder block walls and re-upping cinder block walls and painting and doing whatever else and doorways, like you say. And then our offices, our whole department, mm-hmm. broadcast, digital media, we're all going to be together upstairs. The football coaches are all moving to another area. Uh, scouting is changing. It's also, And now this is stuff people never see, right. but it's interesting to us. It affects our life here. Uh, and the cafeteria is closed for the month. But that the guys affects just our still, lives. I still see guys working out, though. Yesterday I'm walking oh, yeah. in, and I saw a bunch of guys going out to the field, working out, doing their thing. And, you know, they're unsupervised, if you will. But, you know, these guys get together and do their thing. They want to work out. Yeah. They want to be part of uh, something that's going to be very special in 2018. So we'll keep you updated, and I would love to do a little video tour when we're all done with we, this
1: thing. We definitely have to do the video tour. I, yeah. mean, I wish we would have done a before and after. Just because people oh, yeah. look at it and go, well, there's a locker room, and there's a training right. room, and you're like, yeah, no big deal. But, people but it's a huge at- deal. 15 feet of yeah. concrete walls yeah. just got moved.
0: It's a good point, and I think people who have been in the building, there used to be an event called Texans All Access, right? <laughs> there used to be an event like that, Yeah, and, and they haven't done it in like five, six years, I think since the lockout, really, but a lot of season ticket members have been through this part of the building before, right. various tours, and Texans Lux members have been through the building. By the way, Texans Lux, go to Houstontexans.com, get some more information on that. So some of them have seen it before, but there's going to be a whole rebrand down here for mm-hmm. the team. It's going to be really exciting, and they're going to get back. Big changes in the building, totally energized, then off to the Greenbrier. They'll be back for like a day, then off to the Greenbrier for a couple of weeks, but then back here.
1: Did you see the news? What? About the Greenbrier? Oh, gambling. Greenbrier was in the news. Gambling. Yes. Yeah. I saw. You know where I saw this? With with uh, FanDuel. I think it was
0: FanDuel. FanDuel, right. But I saw Florio, actually, Tony Caridi, the voice of the West Virginia Mountaineers, Syracuse guy, mm-hmm. go figure. Really wonderful guy. In fact, he helped me out last year. He introduced me to a couple of guys that helped me out. Yeah. I yeah. borrowed a bike from one of them. We got our <laughs> intern from another one of them. Tony's really, obviously, is Mr. West Virginia. But... So is Mike Florio. He's from West yeah, Virginia. I think yeah. the you know near Pittsburgh part and Wheeling and around yep. there whatever. So he was on Tony's show, and they announced this. I think it was yesterday,
1: right? Yeah, because that's where I saw this on yeah. football talk, mm-hmm. that uh, the Greenbrier has w- has made this commitment with, I believe it was FanDuel, which we know FanDuel a couple of years ago was, yeah, was massive. I can imagine in the FanDuel or DraftKings offices when the – the uh announcement was made of sports gambling that repeal of that law they I, I imagine they were like on life support in some sense yeah and all of a sudden they're like we're back we're back. It reminds <laughs> me of the trading space or the uh Mortimer we're back we're coming back to coming to America right. I'm like, we're back Mortimer and we're I'm, st- that's all I could think about but yeah that was pretty you know that's the that's the one thing about the Greenbrier that I had I, I had a blast doing it. I was not very successful at the mm-hmm. Greenbrier. You went to the casino. Uh, yeah. Uh, a couple I didn't of times. go. Yeah. I mean, well, I've the, seen it. My last, my last time, my last time was was really fun because it was. I think we were a couple of days from leaving. Mm-hmm. I think it was a couple of days from leaving. So you emptied your bank account. So no, I didn't quite empty the bank account. But we went down there. It was it was me, uh, Deepy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think uh, Jesse was with us. Yeah, Jesse was with three of us. Guy. Yep. And so we went down there, and there were a bunch of players, coaches, yeah. all down in yeah, there. Day off. I they mean, were down there. Yeah, yeah. they're all in there. So I was sitting at the table. a Bunch of players and coaches in there, just playing. It was just a blast. But no sports but allowed,
0: them. even but, for you know for for the Texans members. Oh no, mm-hmm. absolutely. But now at
1: the Greenbrier, they at least can do the FanDuel stuff.
0: I guess so. Man, yeah, we'll see how that now, goes. I don't know if they'll nah, be. Able to I don't do know it. if they can do that. They don't
1: be able to do it, but the people at the Greenbrier will be able yeah. to do
0: it. It's interesting. I mean, because you have an actual casino, you'll have an NFL team playing or participating in activity, not playing games, but yeah. there where there is some uh, gaming going on, but it's all approved. I mean, yeah, the league knows this. This is hardly a surprise to anybody. Yes, the league is well aware. All right, last night James Harden wins MVP, and he does. this is a foregone conclusion. Congratulations to him! Outstanding year. And it got me thinking about MVPs because also this week, Tom Brady was announced as the number one player in the NFL in the NFL Top 100, right? Shocker. Shocker there. And Brady was the MVP. Mm -hmm. And I went back and I was thinking about MVPs because, you know, we always debate, like, what constitutes most valuable player of the league? Is it the guy who's more important to his team than anybody else? Is it the guy who's more important to the league than anybody else? I mean, how do you really weigh all this stuff out? and you look at nfl mvps and the debate in you know any league baseball basketball football it's all hockey it's always going to be hotly contested because you just don't know you know the criteria it's somewhat defined but you can right. bend whatever rules in your favor and your argument's favor brady was the mvp in 2017 do you even remember this is by the way side note here this supports my argument That the Heisman Trophy is the greatest trophy, individual honor to win in sports. Individual. Mm -hmm. In a team sport, if you're going to get an individual honor, this is the one to get. Yeah. Because it's with you your whole life, and people remember. Because do you remember the 2016 NFL MVP? A lot of people will be thinking right now, like, 2016. 2016. It was was not Brock Osweiler. Oh, very good. It was Matt Ryan. So you're I good remember at this. I remember that. So yeah. I remember stuff like the that. The year before was Cam Newton. The year before that was Aaron Rodgers. Now, do we get kind of a uh, kind they of they all a
1: play quarterback?
0: NBA vibe in the in the '90s or even now? Like it could be LeBron every year. In the '90s, it could have been Jordan every year. Uh, do we get sort of that? All right, we know it's Brady, but let's give it to somebody else. Kind right. of feeling or not? I'm not sure about that because Brady won it this past season and had not won it since
1: 2010. Yeah, which, 2010 he was outstanding. He was like 45-2. Yeah. He was incredible in 2010, and then they got bumped off by the by the Jets. But He's it's like, Tom
0: Brady. How how valuable. Now, Peyton Manning won it in 2013 with the Broncos, and that right. was the year he went nuts, yeah, yeah. touchdown pass record and everything, and, and lit us up here mm-hmm. during the 2-14 Texas Ugh. season, and it, it was awful. I mean, he didn't win the Super Bowl that year,
1: but he was on fire. Right. The Broncos don't get to the Super Bowl. No, you're right. I mean, I, I've always thought about that with, you know, in the final the final four did it best, I think, going back to, to college for a second. They didn't call it an MVP. They called it a mop, most outstanding player. Mm. That and way you could go with stats. and. There's a lot of different ways you can look at yeah. that because when you say most valuable, when you look at the word valuable, the Cavaliers are, are an 18-and-64 team without LeBron James. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, would the Rockets have won 65 games without James? No. No, but they make the playoffs but, with a healthy Chris Paul and the rest of the guys exactly, in the West. I mean, exactly.
0: Now it's 40-plus, maybe high 40s, right. something like that.
1: They're not as good, obviously. But to me, it's almost like most outstanding player because when it comes to value, players like Tom Brady – LeBron James. You could argue if if you just went criteria which player is most valuable to his team, mm-hmm. then yeah, you got to make a case because what are the Patriots without Tom Brady? Now, we say that, and yet they went three and one without him the first four games of 2016. They went eleven and five without him in 2000 when did he tear his ACL. 2008. Two thousand nine. That was, was two thousand eight. Two thousand eight. Oh eight. Cause yeah, because seven was, first year was seven. Because 07 was the undefeated year. 08 he tears his ACL. Right,
0: and 08 was the year that Tony Spurano won the AFC East with the Dolphins. Right,
1: mm-hmm. and so the Patriots have been good without Tom Brady. Yeah, but would they be consistently good without him? I mean, yeah, that was you know two thousand eight. That was a one off. They were three and one. You know, they lost the Bills to beat us. There's no way. uh, Who knows?
0: But But, but the Packers and Aaron Rodgers. You know, Aaron Rodgers, you have a multi-MVP winner right there.
1: Yeah, but look at the Packers last year when he was out of that lineup. Terrible. They were were an 8-8 team at best. Yeah. They brought him back for that last game. Yeah. They brought him back for that Week 15 game against the Panthers to have a shot at the playoffs. They don't win that because the Panthers outscore them. In a game, the defense didn't play well. And then they put Rodgers on IR for the rest of the year. So the point being... We've seen it with the Packers, with Rodgers. You know, he's been out a little bit more. <laughs> the MVP, the league, might have been right here in this building last year, to be honest with you. <laughs> number four, because with this team without number four... W- See, the, there was a considerable drop-off, Joe. Yeah, very much so. And it was funny because mm-hmm. right before he got hurt there was start there was starting to percolate a little bit boy is watson in the mvp that's a that's a great what if you know
0: i know we've done yeah. what if shows but if he stays healthy mm. look the defense wasn't playing great against seattle and new england but a lot no. of people have trouble with those squads you know i think they would have and look it let's say you get every other injury you got but you kept him that would have been really interesting I think that you give a much better game I mean, think about how many more wins. You get at least five, I think. Yeah, I think you get at so least too. five more wins at in those close games. We've been over this part of it before. And that gets you in because you beat Tennessee yep. up there and, and then you go to Kansas City. In. They slid it at nine and seven.
1: Right. Then you go to Kansas City and you know, try your luck against the Chiefs. At that point why you know, not? You got in you got in a dance with a rookie quarterback and mm-hmm. all the guys hurt that you had hurt. Yeah. It's a great what if but take your shot. But my point being, it's all in how people define the word valuable. If you're defining it in the proper way, in the most pristine proper way of valuable, LeBron James is the most valuable player in the league. There's no there's no question, and he should be every year. I don't want to take away from what James did, but James was the most outstanding player mm-hmm. in 2018. He was the most outstanding so, player. You're all right with Brady winning it in the NFL last year, yeah? And I Ryan he, the year before, yeah. I mean, I think Matt was was. Matt got the Falcons to a level that – They were so outstanding offensively. They were great. I mean, and it really was a result of Matt Ryan uh, doing what he was able to do. When they did the top 100, I think they – I want to say they may have put Julio in front of Matt. So, Matt – it's not as if Matt didn't have help. But, look, you're not going to win an MVP if you don't have help. I mean, James obviously had help with Chris Paul. Tom Brady's had help over the years with Gronk or Amendola or the years he had Welker and, and Moss. He's had he's had help. Now there have been years where he didn't have help and he ended up winning Super Bowls. That yeah. might have been when he was most valuable to them. So it's it's always it just makes for an interesting argument to me, but I I have always looked at it as a, a mop, not an MVP. I look at it as a mop. Who's the most outstanding player? Most for 2018? outstanding player. All right, we have a
0: few things to get to tonight and by a few, I mean a lot including but not limited to this. Greg Rosenthal's article last week about what teams are missing, what's the biggest weakness on every team in the AFC, and you probably weighed in on that. I know some of the Sports Radio 610 guys have, but I found what he said about the Texans really interesting, if not entertaining, so we'll discuss that. And also, quarterbacks going into year two, how do they do? And Bill Polian lights up a certain signal caller who was a very high draft pick. We'll talk about all of that and more as Texans All Access continues. Mark Vandermeer and John Harris keeping you company. Texans All Access, great to have you with us for the ride. And what a ride it's going to be next week. Fourth of July week, many of you taking the entire week off. Good for you. I might as well. And by might, I mean highly likely that I do. And on the radio program here all next week, it's the summer celebration as John Harris will be your MC, but we will play some of the very best stuff tweak it make it really fun to listen to not that it wasn't to begin with but it's going to be good johnny right next yeah
1: no doubt i'm we got a lot of stuff planned i got a monday evening quarterback night Mm. i've got a bill o'brien night and of course july 4th the most american of all american dates we're going to have our all american dude draft all-American Dude Draft. That was fun. I that remember that. Time. And it's yep. perfect
0: for the 4th of July. It is perfect for the
1: 4th of July. And also that night, we'll hear from our own Captain America, Brian Peters, who fantastic. He is fantastic. He's great radio. kind of
0: is Captain America. Yeah, he is Captain America. Yeah. yeah. He's big into the eating healthy. Mm-hmm. You know, they all are, but he mm-hmm. takes it to another level, I Whole think. Whole different yeah. level. <laughs> all right. So this article on NFL.com by Greg Rosenthal, AFC weak spots, and he goes over all the teams in their weakest spot. And I meant to look this up last week. I think that's when it was released, and I didn't. So I'm just pulling this out today. But bear with me, because this is fun. So, for instance, he talks about the Broncos. Well, their offensive line needs work. He talks about the Chiefs. Their secondary needs work. Miami Dolphins, they could be better at defensive tackle. What does he say about the Texans? I know what everybody's thinking right now. Oh, he's probably saying offensive line. Mm -hmm. No, he says the football gods. I love this. (laughs) The football gods are the big problem with the Texans. And finally, somebody understands my plight that the football gods have frowned upon us and they need to smile upon us this year. All right, I'm getting a little over the top with this. But you get the drift here. He's talking about luck, that they've had horrible luck. It is horrible luck when you have 78 players to occupy a 53-man roster over the course of the season, an NFL record, the kind of record you never want to set. That is horrible luck. And when you lose Watson, Watt, Whitney, eh, don't make me go through the whole list, awful luck. But he says this, this is a team with almost limitless potential if the injury luck finally goes its way this season. And I think just about everybody agrees with that assessment. Mm-hmm. I mean, almost limitless potential. You can't say unlimited, whatever, but it's mm-hmm. you get the feeling that there's so much out there for the Houston Texans if they can just have the kind of year. I don't know, I'm not even saying the kind of year Jacksonville had health-wise. Give me 80% of that, and among that 80, give me number four healthy the entire season, please. There,
1: no doubt. We have a, a schedule photo that's got the schedule for us. It would, it, I don't know if it went outside the building or not, but we have it in our offices, and it has, on that photo, it has Watt, Merciless, Hopkins, Clowney, Fuller, Watson. I right. think that's six. Mm-hmm. And I was in the office with when they brought it around, and I kind of looked at it. It's great. I love the graphics. I mean, everything that – I mean uh sierra who does all our, our graphics um incredible it's really cool but i was looking at it and i went wow those are six pretty important dudes and i turned to jesse who was in the office our social media guru and i said chess and i showed it to him and i said these six guys play 14 games or more what's our record and his reaction was like 11 and 5 at worst huh. and I, I mean that's 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 a stretch but I think that I feel good about that. That I mean, those guys I just mentioned, essentially your first round draft picks, and Kevin was the only one that was not part of that part of that six. But they were your first round draft picks, starting with Watt in 2011. Watt, merciless Hopkins, Clowney, wow. Fuller, and Watson. Those six guys play 14 games or more. Where are you? What's your record? And he was he was like 11 and five, and that's when I, when I think about when I think about it from that standpoint, those guys all staying healthy. Because I think about Jacksonville last year. That's the one you just brought it up. Jacksonville healthy last year, especially defensively. Now, they did miss Fournette for a few games. I think they missed Cam Robinson for a game. But defensively, they lost Telvin Smith, I think, for two games. That was it. That was it. Think about this entire defense staying healthy every game except for one player. Say uh, say Bernardrick McKinney misses two games.
0: All you year, survive. That's it.
1: That's it. That's the yep. only thing you miss all year long. I mean it's it's scary to it's think about unfair. where you can be.
0: And you and you get the feeling that as far as Jacksonville is concerned, that could catch up with them at some point.
1: I think so too. And the football gods have that the football gods that smited them for so many years seemingly kind of turned their blind eye to them and let them be last year and they should have gone to the Super Bowl. They should have won that game against New England and didn't. And had they gone to the Super Bowl, I think it would have been a tremendous matchup with that defense going against the Eagles offense. Yeah it would have been it would have been tremendous but the football gods are not going to they're not going to do that anymore. They're not now. I my hope is that they're not they're not going to have the type of year that that we had that everybody gets injured. I I want I want the Texans to be able to have that opponent, that one opponent. Like week 7, I want to live for week 7. That's the Jaguars. I want to live for that That's game. That's Jacksonville at Jacksonville. Yeah. That's at Jacksonville. I want to live for that game. I want to be five and one going into that game, and I want them to be five and one. And it's a massive game. And it's Can you just, imagine a massive game in that, Jacksonville? I want because I just don't. I mean, I know Tennessee's the natural rivalry for for a number of reasons, and especially with Vrabel going. Yeah, but Jacksonville's right now. been the biggest rivalry, right? But as far as like the most competitive, I should say, right? And that's that's the one because. Of how good that team can be defensively, how much trash they talk, the connection that these players have had in college—Hopkins yeah. facing Ramsey in mm-hmm. college, and then Ramsey going against Watson in college—and the fact that Deshaun and, and Jalen Ramsey are close—that Boyer's there, Colvin's here, they're and you know Doug Marone and Bill O'Brien—they're it. It just—that's a great point. You know, it, it's always been like that too. I mean, when you go to the early days, it.
0: We always knew that Tennessee was the natural rival because mm-hmm. of the Oilers right. Association, of course. But with Jacksonville, right off the bat, you had Seth Payne and Gary Walker coming yeah. here. You had Baselli not working out. You had Dom Capers, who worked for Tom Coughlin and was right. his defensive coordinator when they went 14-2 and and lost in the AFC Championship game in 99. So you had all those connections, and it was a beautiful thing. And now you still have connections between yep. these two teams. So it's been the most hotly con- contested rivalry in the AFC South, in terms of record, but at the same time, heavy on Jacksonville relatively. Early. Although, you know, you got to give the Texans credit here because in the first two years, it was 2-2. Two and two. Right. That was the first ever road win in 2002. And then in 2003, week four, right here, that was David Carr going over the top on fourth and one. Yeah. And fourth and goal at the one. Uh, end of the game. No time left. That was really a thrilling moment at the time. So, early on, it was kind of even. Then Jacksonville pulled away and then the Texans really pulled ahead, and now you have the Jacksonville Jaguars sweeping Houston last year two games.
1: I told you this many times. Mm-hmm. I watch America's Game religiously. I love that show. It's a documentary done on the Super Bowl-winning team. Right. And they talk to three players – or three. they talked to three people from that team. It could be a coach. It could be players. They even one time with the Cowboys because they had won three out of four. They had to find different guys, so they talked to Rich Dalrymple, who was the media PR guy for the Cowboys – and I was watching the 08 Steelers, and they were talking about the matchups with the Ravens. And I would I would guarantee you that if you talk to Steelers fans, you talk to the Steelers, you talk to people that have been in an organization, and you say, what do you remember about 08? What do you remember about that time frame? I guarantee you they would tell you it's those games against the Ravens. Yeah. Whether you won or you lost, now they ended up winning those games, but whether you won or you lost, those are the games that you remember. Those are the ones that you want to be involved in. Those are the ones they matter, and I think the ones against Jacksonville are going to matter. And if it comes down to a Week 17 here against Jacksonville, and both teams are 11-4, and four, and the winner gets a, a bye week, and the loser has to go to the wild card, host it, but still go to the wild card, for the whole thing here, I mean, it's going to be awesome. It's that would
0: good. be and it's that it's a be. team
1: that talks a lot of trash. Mm-hmm. They got a lot of swag if you want to call it that. I I would love I would love for that team to be at that level. I would love for the Texans to be at that level and and let's go. Let's see if your Bortles can beat my Watson. And let's go. But that's again, both teams have got to stay healthy. I I think you're right. I think it does catch up to Jackson a little bit and hopefully the football gods are looking on us a little bit more this year, and we won't have as much, and we can match up and have some great games with them. Because I think that's where the great games in this division will come, are between the Jaguars and the Texans. Well, I I think the Titans
0: are still going to be very
1: tough. I know. They're going to be tough. I get According
0: to Greg Rosenthal, a couple of other notes on this column he wrote last week, the Titans have no weaknesses. Now, is he just being funny? I hope so. Tennessee Titans, nothing. This team is perfect. Kudos to general manager John Robinson. Super Bowl baby. Are you serious now? Maybe he's right. I don't know. Marcus Mariota,
1: are you ready to perfect. hand it to him? Uh, I mean, they're, they're, they're incorporating a new offense. The offensive line is Jack Conklin 100% healthy. And, and honestly, who are, their defensive, who are the defensive game changers they have? Who would you say, you look at the defense and go, okay, I'll give you Jarrell Casey. I'll take Jerome yeah. Casey at the board. Who else? Tell me who are the other. It's not a
0: game-changing defense. It's it not. could be a very solid defense. That's the
1: best you're going to get with them. That's the best you'll and get they, with that defense. They were actually – they had some good – I remember going over
0: this – some good statistical years under LeBeau, right? right? I mean, reasonably okay considering Decent. who they were because they weren't having good records, right. but they were like they kind of held their own yardage-wise. They just couldn't make big plays, and they're going to have to make big plays again. They imported the Patriots' corners with Logan yeah. Ryan and Malcolm Butler. We'll see how that goes for them. And I think Dean Pease is going to be a good addition for that. I think so, too. I mean, I do agree I would have, with that. if Rabel was coaching the defense, I would not be as high on the Titans as I am with Dean Pease coaching the defense. I yep. think it was a really smart move, like I've said previously. You know, it's funny because when you look at Mariota, if they can play a little bit like the Jags, you know, if they can get Derrick Henry to be great and he can be great, of course, and Deion Lewis to be that change of pace kind of guy, Mm -hmm. make big plays in the passing game and make some nice plays in the running game. Think about it. If Mariota doesn't have to do so much, that's a hell of a quarterback to have in that role. Right. Because if uh, you're the Jaguars, would you rather Blake Bortles or Mariota as your quarterback? Well, I'd, right? I'd
1: want Mariota. Yeah, yeah. of
0: course. No so doubt. now you ha- you have him in Tennessee, and he's still kind of an unknown. Is he going to get better? And by the way, the getting better theme is, is a big one. I want to explore that. Maybe in the next segment, if we have time, we'll start it here. Got to get better. I always say that. You got to improve. I know it sounds obvious. But it doesn't always happen to these guys. And Mariota is a player who really has not improved as much as you want to see for such a high draft choice.
1: Yeah, no question. And I think the question, you know, you asked me would I rather have Mariota or Bortles, and I said, Mariota, no question. I think part of that is because I would use Mariota in the run game a little bit more than I would Bortles. I I just, with Bortles, you never know. You just never know if you're Mm going to. Are are you going to are you going to crap out? Are you going to roll 7? Like what are you going to do? You just have no idea with with a guy like Bortles and to me I don't I don't want that my quarterback. But right. on any given day Blake Bortles can catch fire and and light you up. I mean, obviously he did that to the Texans. But that's what worries me. If I'm Jacksonville, is there's no consistency there. Like I don't I have no idea if I'm a Jacksonville fan, employee, or player. I don't know what Blake Bortles I'm getting. They're writing articles about how he's taking control of the offense. Like he's in year 5. He yeah. should have been taking care of it. Taking you know control of the offense back when he was a rookie, and I know it's a different offense I get all that they've gone through some offensive coordinators and such. Maybe
0: he's making that jump though, Johnny. Maybe he made that's...
1: some throws in the postseason. There were I, no no question. There are some throws he made in the postseason. I mean, he, I'm not I, I'm not trying to. Sell he was this not to you. the reason they lost that game to the Patriots. He was not the. I'm saying
0: something right there. You know? well,
1: usually you lose a game to the
0: Patriots because you just can't stop number twelve. True. The MVP, like and, we started this whole conversation tonight,
1: and there you go. But to me, yeah, I would rather have Mariota because I know I could do more in the run game with him, and I do think he's got a higher ceiling than Bortles. The question becomes, if you take incremental steps to get to that ceiling, you're never, you're never going to get there. You might, as well, you might as well hit the floor and start over.
0: Here's what's interesting about Mariota. Let me give you these numbers. I don't want to bog you down with numbers, which means I'm about to bog you down with okay. numbers, but just bear with me on this one. Just go passing attempts. Passing attempts, the last two years are basically dead even, 451 and 453. So he threw wow. the same amount of passes each of the last two years. Okay. What changed for them? And they had a great year. I mean, that was their best year in a decade, right? What changed for them, for him, statistically? Six more interceptions and 13 fewer touchdowns, Okay. With the same amount of attempts from 2016 to 2017. Wow! Six more interceptions and 13 fewer touchdowns. He was upside down of the TD to interception ratio last year, so he had a bad year statistically. But they had a great year as a team. What was he? Te- what was he? Touchdown interception in 16. In 16, he was six. He was 26 and nine. He was on his way to whatever. And last year he was 13 and 15. Yep. Wow. Yeah. See, that's what's interesting about him. You've got to get better. Otherwise, you know what's happening, and it's not going to be good. Now, I'm, he could bounce back. He's done it before. You know, we'll see how
1: this goes. Does that sound familiar? 2015 Blake Bortles, tons of touchdowns, yeah. lot of yards, yeah. 16. He couldn't hit the broad side of a barn. Comes back in 17. He's fixed some of those issues, and then maybe that's where he resides. And maybe Blake Bortles is just a six or a seven. Mm-hmm. Same he, record, by the way, 2016 to 2017,
0: but obviously making the postseason doing better.
1: Yeah, and maybe with Bortles you get a 6 or a 7, but you know you're going to get a 6 or a 7, mm-hmm. so you've kind of crafted your offense around yeah. that fact. Mariota, they keep thinking in Tennessee he's going to be in, an 8 or a 9 consistently. Well, he's he's not there.
0: He hasn't proved it. He but hasn't gotten there. He might be able to pull it off, you never know, and I never write people off until uh, you have to.
1: Especially with that athletic ability. There's there's no yeah. way you write that off, and that, that, that said, that said, you've got a defense here in Houston that's got a lot more speed than it had when Mariota was drafted in 2015, a okay. ton more speed. Other
0: quarterbacks who might not be getting better, let's talk about it. Bill Polian lit somebody up. It's coming up here on Texans All Access. When you last heard our voices, we were talking about Marcus Mariota and that he did not improve in 2017, statistically anyway, which is kind of important because that does tell you a lot of things. But the Titans had a great postseason relatively. Great meaning they came from behind to beat Kansas City. They went to New England, lost to the Patriots. Good for them. Divisional round appearance, first time in a long time for that franchise. But we tied it into a bigger topic, which is improving as a quarterback. And, you know, a lot of people are watching Deshaun Watson here. Well, they're watching him no matter what. But let's see how much better he can get, or can he pick up where he left off, which would be just fine, thank you. And then they caution on, well, what about second-year players? You know, sometimes you have a good rookie year, like Robert Griffin did. Does that translate into success in year two? Look, I think that – and we've talked about this before, Johnny. Mm -hmm. Mark Vanderveer and John Harris with you, by the way. We've talked about this before a little bit. 2012, RG3, 20 touchdown passes, 5 picks. The next year, 16 touchdown passes, 12 picks, and then never to be heard from again in the same amount of game appearances and everything because in 2014, his third season only played in nine, started seven, and he faded away from there. So to me – you know, with Watson, it's it's about health, obviously, but he's still, you know, he'll be the first to tell you, you've got to constantly evolve and get better. There's no doubt about that. Jameis Winston, Bill oh, Polian was on Serious NFL Radio, and I don't have the clip for you, so I apologize about that, but he said he's turned into a mediocre quarterback. He has not gotten better. He thought he played a little bit better toward the end of last year. Polian did when he evaluates Winston. And I'm not saying Polian knows everything because, you know, he's been wrong about a few things. <laughs> he's been wrong about a few things in his life. But, I, you know, Winston, the proof is there. You know, you, you just have to see more improvement than you've been able to see so far. You know, looked very promising coming out of college, but he hasn't improved to the degree you need to see.
1: What's interesting about Jameis, they were on Hard Knocks last year, and they had mm. one of the episodes – I think it started with Jameis. and followed Jameis, and it's dark 30 in the morning, and he's getting to the facility. He's the first one in the facility. He's flipping the lights on in the weight room. You get the impression that Jameis Winston loves competition. He loves football. He lives for it. He eats it. He breathes it. It is his everything. It is everything that drives him. But his decision-making on the field and off the field there's, there's something that just mm. goes haywire. And I remember in that same episode, they showed that montage of him going through all that, him being the first one in the locker room, him watching him doing all of this. And you get the impression of, okay, Jameis is the alpha in that room. There's no question. Like, he's the guy. They follow his lead, he's going to lead them to the promised land. And there were a lot of people that thought Tampa Bay last year was going to end up being one of the best teams in the NFL. Right. They ended up being the worst team in a really tough division with the Saints, Panthers, uh, and the uh, Buccaneers, who I Saints, the Panthers, Buccaneers, and Falcons. So, and three of those teams made the playoffs, and the Bucks were the one that everybody thought was going to make the playoffs. Right. But in that same episode, Jameis, in a preseason game, made a throw that was just unspeakable. Came over to the sidelines, and Dirk Cutters just incredulously and looks at him like, What are you doing? Now, he's. He didn't say it quite that nicely, right? But you got the feeling that as Cutters talking to him, Cutters saying, "You you saw this, you've done this a thousand times, but then you decide to do that. Like, what are you doing? I mean, mm. and it's almost as if there's. It's almost as if Jameis Winston is a robot, and every so often there's a glitch, and that glitch is, and it that <laughs> it, it's it's weird. You look at it and go, wait a second, he's got everything you want." An NFL quarterback. Now off the field, that's that's a whole different story. Yeah, but maybe it. Relates but I think it to the play on the field, right? And I and, and exactly because it goes all back to decision making. But just on the field, it just feels like there's this glitch in the robot. They're like, why is he making that throw? Yeah. But 2016, he was fabulous. He was fabulous in 2016, and then all of a sudden, what happened? In Twenty-eight
0: 2017? touchdowns, eighteen picks, which is no small number right. but you'll take it if he's throwing 28 I guess I mean that's not a great race ratio as we all know uh, it's interesting last year 19 TDs for Winston 11 interceptions so you're saying well you know that's almost 2 to 1 and you know but it's it's not really about that is it you got to lift your team up especially in year 3 I will give him this though I don't think the team's very good. I don't think they were very good last year, and I think that that played into it. It's not just about him. He's got to have a little bit more support and all that. Maybe he's just not one of these guys yet anyway. Maybe he never will be who can really lift up the team. I heard some evaluation on Joe Flacco that way, you know, the big joke about Flacco, like he's not elite or whatever. He He is not elite because he cannot lift up the team by himself, which is a lot to ask. It doesn't mean you can't play in this league. But very few guys can elevate the entire team with their play. Like Aaron Rodgers, Drew right. Brees, Tom Brady, Ben Deshaun Roethlisberger, Watson. people like that. Deshaun Watson clearly has that ability. Now, you want to see him hone it, improve it, stay healthy. Yeah. But it's a tough thing to ask for to have a quarterback. I don't even know if Eli Manning, I don't think he's that. I don't think Eli Manning's that. I think he got hot in two postseasons. I think he's very good and can be very good. But he's
1: not those other guys I just mentioned. If, this just in. Yeah, if you're a Buccaneers, say say you're you and Gene Deckerhoff switch spots. All just, right, uh, I mean just, I love Gene. I know I'm a big Gene fan. I used to listen to him on the radio all the time when I was living in Jacksonville. Switch spots. Okay. What are you feeling right now about Jameis Winston going to 2018? Just, okay, take last year, for instance. He threw 19 touchdowns. Deshaun threw 19 in seven games. Uh, That's just as an aside. And Deshaun threw left interceptions. Seven. That would um, make me want to throw up. I know. Because Winston was
0: the hot come out. I mean, he's number one pick in the draft, right? He's hotter than you can uh, be coming out of college. Florida State National Championship, another playoff appearance. I mean, a lot like Watson coming out of college. A total leader, led his team to the promised land. Do and you all trust that. him? Do you trust well, him? Well, no, because, look, I got the Uber incident. I got some other things. Obviously, yeah. back in Florida State, yeah, what happened? I mean, a couple of incidents. So I, I hope, and the Uber thing was a long time ago, relatively, a couple of years ago, right? Yeah, 16. He's, he's paying the price now. But the thing is, I just want to see, if I'm a Buccaneers announcer, if I'm Mr. Buccaneer, I just want to see him on the field, and I want to see some support. Because, like I said, I just don't think he's one of these guys who's going to lift the team up by himself.
1: No, I agree with you. I I think, uh, well, that said, they drafted a receiver in Chris Godwin, third Mm -hmm. round from Penn State. They gave him Deshaun Jackson in free agency. He's had Mike Evans from the day he walked in that joint. So he's got some receiver types to throw to now. What he hasn't had is a is a great running game. He's not had a consistent running threat. Doug Martin was in the lineup, and then he was out with suspensions and injuries. And then you had Quiz Rogers, and Quiz is more a complimentary guy than he is a number one guy. And I love Quiz, but that's that's what he is. So they really haven't had a, a great running game, and the offensive line has been has been shaky, even though they've made some investments in that offensive line over the years. To me, with Jameis, I I don't know that I. I don't know that I trust – I don't know that I trust his decision-making on the field, off the field. Mm. And and I hate saying that because I think from a competitive spirit, that's the kind of thing I want in my quarterback. Like, I want his competitive spirit. But I just feel like his decision-making – like, you think about that Uber incident. Yeah. Who's with him on that Uber incident? Well, it's Ronald Darby who had gotten in some trouble at Forest State, I think in large part because of that Jameis incident. And the other guy – that was there was a player at Vanderbilt that was uh, brought up on rape charges at Vanderbilt. Those are the three guys that were in the Uber in the in the car yeah, in the, the Uber. The company you keep. And exactly. And so it just if I'm like I said, if 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 I'm the, the Bucks equivalent, I'm I'm nervous. Yeah. I'm nervous every day. You know what I'm not about Deshaun Watson? Is nervous. Right. I'm nervous about him going on a field and getting hurt and all that. But off the field, pff, I don't have one IO Like, I know he's doing the work. I know he's putting in the time. Mm-hmm. I know that he's learning the offense. I know the players are going to rally around him. I know he's the right kind of leader that the city loves and needs. I look at Jameson, I don't. I don't think those – I'm nervous, nervous about him. And I'd love to watch him compete. I'd love to watch him compete, but that's so different from I'm so scared of him making decisions.
0: Well, here's the one thing I'm nervous about with Watson, and I think everybody is, and does he stay healthy? Not that he's injury right. prone or whatever, but anytime anybody gets hurt, all of a sudden there's this feeling of oh my gosh, you're not immortal, right? Right, you're not indestructible, right? You are destructible, and we've been through it here. We went through it in 2011 when Matt Schaub went down after Week 10 and the team seven and three in first place of the AFC at the time, and a lot of prospects moving forward. But oh, by the way, he's out for the season. Yeah. You know, so we've been through that kind of thing before. You hate to go through it again like they did last year. And maybe, like we said earlier, Greg Rosenthal's column, maybe the football gods will smile on the Texans this year.
1: It would be nice. I mean, we went through with Clowney. I mean, think about that. Yeah. Remember the Atlanta preseason game when he has those two hits?
0: Yeah. And, and I thinking- remember
1: Dre saying right afterwards, put him in bubble wrap. Like, we've seen enough. Yeah. And then the first game of the year. And it's like that guy tantalized us with his talent, and we saw it. And then it's gone for, for essentially that entire year. And then the next year... It was there, but it really wasn't there. It took two full years right. for us to really siege mm-hmm. De'Vion Clowney. You Clowney. Know, we saw that with Deshaun, kind of tantalized us with his talent. I mean, I hope the same thing doesn't happen that, oh, man, in his second year he gets banged up again. But that's the thing. From a concern standpoint, you're only concerned about that happening on the field. You're not worried about something happening to him off the field. You're not going to worry about him being in an Uber and have something like that happening. He's not going to be keeping that kind of company alongside of him. You don't worry about that. Seemingly, what we know right now, of Deshaun, you don't see that happening. Yeah. Don't go water skiing,
0: okay? Things not to do. Water skiing, I wouldn't even go on a Sea-Doo at this point. Listen,
1: anything at this point. Mm -hmm. You eat, you breathe, you sleep. (laughs) That's about, that's about it. That's it. We need you September 9th. Workout He comes
0: back 30 pounds heavier. Uh, no, we he meant work out a little bit more than that. No, yeah, he, he's, he's not the guy to do that, okay? Yeah. He'll be coming into camp looking real good from day one. And McLean brought it up with me a couple of weeks ago. He's like, I don't think he's going to play much in the preseason. I thought, you know what? You might be right. But he'll play some. Because be Bill o- O'Brien knows he's got
1: to get him ready. I'll be okay with that. He's going to get plenty of work against the Niners. Yeah, in the in the preseason practices, mm-hmm. he'll get plenty of work against them where they can control it. Yeah, a little bit more than you can during a game because you know during a game that competitive spirit takes Some over. Some rookie wants to make a big play. Uh, Heck yeah, uh, exactly. Oh, and, and
0: Watson wants to make a big play. Uh, ex- Risk absolutely, the body a little bit more. Ooh, but yeah, it's so tough. Remember when Schaub came back running out of bounds all the time? You know, not 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 that you want Schaub to like try to yeah. turn it upfield and get the extra yards, but there was just a feeling of. <laughs> Of being too careful and maybe I'm just making that up, but it felt like that watching it from time to time. Yeah. And I get it, because they didn't want to get him hurt, you know. They knew how important he was. It'll be interesting to see how all this goes down. See,
1: Jameis Jameis Winston would be the type of player that would go out of bounds a couple times, and then the third time he'd be like, I'm gonna embarrass that defensive back and try and run him over. And then he sprains an AC joint, he's out for two weeks. You know, that's the kind of thing that he would do that you have to worry about. Deshaun, how many times when Deshaun ran the ball last year, and I don't know what the final number was and how many times he did run it, how many times was he actually tackled? How oh, many times did he actually it, hit? You're
0: really only in the Cincinnati game did you see a big collision, and, yeah. he, and he got out of that one. He stayed upright. <laughs> but, you know, you see some tackles or you see him get stopped after a running play. You, I just don't recall any really vicious hits on him yeah. where you're just, oh, my gosh, you know. Even the one that injured his knee, allegedly, Such a fluke. It looked a little, at the time, it looked a little dicey, but they kept playing. So you thought, all right, that's nothing. All right, Johnny, thanks a lot. Yeah, Mark, thank you. All right, that's going to do it for the show tonight. Thanks so much for listening. And you can hear this program on iTunes and Houstontexans.com. So go check out the website for all the info on your Houston Texans, the priority wait list, Texans Lux, all of it. Have a great evening, everyone, and go, Texans.